Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on 88.3 WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on the Heart Live of the Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on October 19th, 2022. I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Starting with the election in the New York State gubernatorial race, Republican Lee Zeldin now trails Democrat Kathy Hochul by only four points ahead of the November 8th election. A major new poll released yesterday finds Carl Campanile and Zach Williams report in the New York Post that the Quinnipiac College survey with a margin of error of 2 percent shows Hochul with 50 percent support among likely voters to 46% for Zeldin, the Shirley Long Island congressman. Hochul leads in New York City 59% to 37%, but the race is very tight in the suburbs with Zeldin scoring 50% and Hochul at 49%. Upstate, Zeldin leads 52 to 44%. Quote, in the blue state of New York, the race for governor is competitive. Democrats have cruised to victory in gubernatorial races since 2006. But Hochul's narrow edge puts Republican Lee Zeldin well within striking distance of her, said Quinnipiac pollster Mary Snow. Asked to choose the most urgent issue facing New York State today, crime, the major plan of the Republican challenger, ranked first among likely voters at 28 percent, followed by inflation at 20 percent and protecting democracy at 14 percent. Zeldin has blasted Hochul over rising crime and alleged pay-to-play schemes involving campaign donors. Hochul has been hammering Zeldin over his MAGA agenda, support of former President Donald Trump, who is unpopular uh, in New York, and his anti-abortion stance. Zeldin has recently put out an ad affirming he will not change abortion protections in New York if elected. The Quinnipiac survey is the latest in a series of polls that has showed the race tightening with Zeldin closing the gap with Hochul in New York State, where registered Democrats outnumber GOP voters by roughly two to one. Meanwhile, in Miller Place, Suffolk County investigators seized nearly 300 neglected rabbits, birds, cats, tortoises, and snakes yesterday from a home infested with vermin and covered in feces, according to authorities. John Asbury reports on Newsday.com that the Suffolk, uh, the Suffolk District Attorney's Biological, Environmental, and Animal Safety Team, or BEAST, what a cool organization, along with the town of Brookhaven and ASPCA units from around the country, rescued the animals hoarded in the home on Radio Place in what was called Operation Open Cage. Animal control officers and district attorney investigators found 118 rabbits in the home, 150 birds, 15 cats, 7 tortoises, and 3 snakes. The home was infested with mice and roaches, according to officials. Quote, a woman got very overwhelmed with animals under her care, Beast Supervising Attorney Jed Painter said, adding, the conditions of any household with 300 animals is going to have toxic ammonia levels. He said the crowded, dirty conditions caused sores, 
hair loss, and other problems for the animals, which had to be evacuated and cared for. Most of the animals were expected to recover and were being taken to animal sanctuaries or shelters. Prosecutors charged the owner of the home, Karen M. Keyes, 51, with multiple counts of cruel confinement of animals under the agriculture and markets law, according to Suffolk District Attorney Ray Tierney's office. Suffolk County prosecutors began investigating the home October 1st after they were contacted by Brookhaven Brookhaven Animal Control. Uh, Firefighters were first called to the house after caregivers tripped a fire alarm while Keyes was away. According to Painter, quote, the conditions were so deplorable that a town of Brookhaven building inspector condemned the property as uninhabitable. District attorney's uh, officials said in a statement here on the east end, a Southampton town justice yesterday agreed to dismiss trespass charges against 14 East Hampton fishermen for driving in a protest on a contested Nappy Beach last year after a prosecutor said homeowners who lay claim to the beach declined to file trespass charges. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the decision by Justice Gary Weber in the Hempton Bays Court was viewed as a victory for the fishermen and by association all residents of East Hampton who would like to drive on the mile-long stretch of Napeague known as Truck Beach. Fishermen and their lawyers said, quote, I'm going to spread the word if you have a commercial or recreational fishing license, the beach is open, said Daniel Lester, a commercial fisherman from Amagansett, whose trespass charge was among the 14 dismissed. Start using it again, he said. His lawyer, Southampton attorney Daniel Rogers, said the fact that none of the homeowners who have filed and won a series of legal cases stepped forward to file trespass affidavits after town police charged the fishermen with violations for trespass can be taken as consent to fish on the beach by truck or other means. The fight's over, said Rogers, pointing to a reservation or easement in the sale deed dating to 1882 that allowed for fishing and fishing-related activity for East Hampton residents. And finally, Hampton's Observatory has teamed up with Suffolk County Community College to present a free virtual lecture tomorrow evening by 2017 Nobel Prize recipient Rainer Weiss, Ph.D., on gravitational wave astronomy, current state and future. Quote, we're honored to host such a distinguished individual as Dr. Weiss and to collaborate with one of Long Island's prominent academic institutions to present such a momentous experience. That's Donna L. McCormick, Hampton Observatory's executive director. She went on to say Dr. Weiss and his contribution to science will be remembered for generations to come. As reported in the East End Beacon during his vir- during this virtual presentation, which will begin at about 7 p.m. tomorrow night, and that's October 20th, 2022, Dr. Weiss will talk about gravitational wave astronomy, its significance to our understanding of the universe, and his vision for the future of this field in science. Admission is free, but reservations are required. You can go to Weiss Talk, that's W-E-I-S-S, talk.eventbrite.com. Reading the weather here in Southampton, in honor of our first guest this morning, Mike uh, Cardenudo of Long Island Paranormal Investigations, joining us for the Wednesday Works segment, underwritten by Robert James Salon at the bottom of the hour, ahead of the Gilded Age ghost hunt, coming to the Southampton History Museum, looking like a sunny Wednesday with a high near 56 degrees, southwest went, uh, wind about 9 to 17 miles per hour, quite a range, 
Mostly clear tonight with a low around 40. Four degrees west wind around 14 miles per hour. Right now it's 45 degrees. And since we've got a pretty spooky show, uh, I've uh, prepared a ghost edition of the heart. I got to tell you, it was tough. Uh, The the, the playlist as it stands still has 50 songs and it's three hours and 16 minutes long. We'll see how we deal with this, whether we parse it out into tomorrow or um, just hop through it. Today, we're starting with a band called Bear's Den, uh, Conversations with Ghosts, Laura Marling, The Head and the Heart, and Jacob Tilburg on deck. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, the weekday morning and midnight show featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. It's the heart of the East End. Oh 
He walked down a busy street, staring solely at his feet, clutching pictures of past lovers at his side. Stood at the table where she sat and removed his hat in respect of her presence. Presents her with the pictures and says, These are just ghosts that broke my heart before I met you. These are just ghosts that broke my heart before I met you. Opened up his little heart, unlocked the lock that kept it dark. Read a written warning, saying, I'm still mourning over ghosts, over ghosts, over ghosts, over ghosts that broke my heart before I met you. Lover, please do not fall to your knees. It's not like I believe in everlasting love. He went crazy at 19, said he lost all his self-esteem and couldn't understand why he was crying, 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 crying. He would stare at empty chairs, think of the ghosts who once were there. The ghosts that broke his heart, oh, the ghosts that broke my heart. The ghosts that broke his heart, oh, the ghosts that broke my heart. The ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts, the ghosts that broke my heart before I met you. Lover, please do not fall to your knees. It's not like I believe in everlasting love. He says, I'm so lost, not at all well. Moving up the uh, Ghostbusters theme, Ray Parker Jr. to lead into our first segment this morning, uh, the Wednesday Work segment underwritten by Robert James Salon. We'll be talking with Mike Cardinudo of Long Island Paranormal Investigations here on the Heart of the East End. Stay tuned.
afraid of no ghosts. Welcoming onto the heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the co-founder, I believe, of Long Island Paranormal Investigations for the Wednesday Works segment underwritten by Robert James Salon here on WLIWFM. Mike Cardenuto, how are you this morning? I'm very well. How about yourself? I am very well. Very excited. Uh, so many questions I have to ask you. We'll start. We'll start with a ghost busting element because I have to imagine that your team are more like nature photographers than than poachers, if you will. Uh, it, meaning that you're not looking to uh, further disturb any uh, possibly disturbed spirits in the area. Uh, ones that are not at rest is what I mean. Uh, but do you do any work in that realm? Meaning, do you ever uh, mess around with poltergeists or uh, help folks who maybe have unhappy ghosts in their uh, home or uh, other properties? So, sure. When um, we get a lot of house calls and when people call us up, a lot of times the, the public community, they don't really know exactly what type of haunting they have. They just know something's going on. So when we come in, um, you know, we have them fill out form stuff. So we get kind of a broad idea, but it, it's very hard to determine once unless you start investigating. So once we start investigating, then we try to figure out what they have. And then if the homeowner wants us to try to get rid of it, we could try to do that. That's kind of when you take the science and you throw it out the window. And that's when you bring in, you know, spiritual cleansings or if they're religious base, um, we would base it off of their religion uh, to try to get rid of it or help it move forward. Um, yeah, we've, we've come across oh. some things in the past that um, weren't so nice, and uh, we tried to move it along the way. So, so you do do ghost busting. That's, that is really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, I have to imagine yeah, not, that, I have to imagine some of these calls yeah. have to be, uh, end up being like animals in the attic. Do you have like friends that are in uh, pest control and whatnot, just in case that's uh, what ends up being the case? So we don't have any, like, people in pest control in our organization. We have a lot of, like, electricians, plumbers, stuff like that. And um, what we do is when we go and do the initial investigation, that is actually stuff that we do check for. We check, you know, for, for pest droppings, and we'll check the EMF, which is electromagnetic fields right. in the home. Uh, we take a carbon monoxide detector and we walk through the entire house because those natural things can actually cause an array of things for you to think there's paranormal activity occurring in your home, but there's really not. Got it. All right. So, so, so what, what, uh, as far as the EMF, as far as the electromagnetic field is concerned, what are you looking for as far as, as a reading to know that there is maybe something spooky afoot? So we use a, what's called the digital EMF. So it gives an actual digital readout number. And, Normally, anything below a two is usually pretty standard, pretty normal. Now, if you are what they call hypersensitive to EMF, a two can start to affect you, meaning if you're in an area that has, let's say, a two, and the, the unit of measure is milligauss, and if you're in that area for a longer period of time, basically, um, you could start to feel fatigued, depressed. Uh, you could start having feelings of being watched, um, but those are for people that are hypersensitive. So we walk through the house and we kind of mark anything over to, we kind of mark it in red and say, hey, these are areas you might want to check out. A lot of times people's electrical boxes will hit 50, 60, which is high. You 
know, but if you're not standing directly in front of it, it's not really going to affect you. Um, one of the things we have found over the years, and I don't know if people still use these devices, but alarm clock to give off over a hundred. And a lot of times the alarm clocks are sitting like, you know, a foot away from your head while you're sleeping and it can cause you to have bad dreams and all sorts of stuff. What about the cell phone then? Cell phones aren't as bad as people think. That's more, um, they seem to give off more radio frequencies than electromagnetic fields in in what we're detecting, um, which can still have an effect. Um, Radio frequencies, you know, obviously all the stuff that's going on with 5G in there, talking about all the stuff that it's causing can definitely um, affect you if you're constantly glued to the phone. So, yeah, it can definitely. I'm looking um, at at all of you out there. (laughs) That can occur. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, I think I I interviewed um, some of your team when I was a cub reporter. Uh, It was right uh, by the dock uh, in Greenport because you guys were staying overnight at um, Bug Light, uh, and and what came out of that um, sleepover was Brownie, the the dog. Do you know anything ab- about this story? I don't recall that. No. Okay. Well, it was it was pretty cool. Pretty it was it was one of my favorite interviews, and and the the team, I believe it was your team, found uh, a, a, you know a remnants or or. or um, instances of of a dog that uh, was found in history oh, to be Brownie the ghost dog, and they they tout it quite a bit when you do like the tours of lighthouses. But we're here to talk about this weekend's um, event um, sponsored by the Southampton History Museum, and I'm just going to read it uh, from SouthamptonHistory.org. The Port of Missing Men is one of the last surviving mansions from the Gilded Age whose interior is unchanged since the Roaring Twenties. It was built by H.H. Rogers Jr., whose father was the wealthiest man in the country in 1910. The estate was created on over 2,000 acres on the Great Peconic Bay as a hunting lodge, a place for men to hunt, get away from their families who summered in Southampton, hence the name Port of Missing Men. The Rogers family continues to occupy the estate today. It may be the last Gilded Age mansion on Long Island owned by the original family at five. The current owner will lead a few special guests through the extensive private quarters that leads to a Prohibition-era bar. At six, there's a cocktail party in the Great Room, and then the ghost hunt begins in a guest wing built in 1661 by a Southampton pioneering family that's now part of the complex. When I think about this, for you as a paranormal investigator, you must be so psyched. Uh, have you gone to this place before, or is this going to be the first time that you're uh, checking out this uh, this place? Yes. So um, it, it's we've actually been there before. We've been there twice before. Um, the first time we were there, we actually did a private investigation where it was just our team in there. There was no guests. Um, we had full, pretty much access to the entire house, which was absolutely amazing. Um, it was such a cool place. It's so like from the outside, when you're looking at it, it doesn't look like a huge mansion, but when you go inside, it's just like, wow, it's a maze. You can easily get lost. Um, and then I think pre COVID around 2019, I think it was, we did, um, where it was like, they brought private guests in and they toured the house, just like we're going to be doing this weekend. And then we had 
we did like a mini investigation in what's called the Scott House, which is the, the newer um, area that was built on, which was pretty cool. Um, that's more of like the lodge area. Um, we have caught activity there. We caught some audio evidence, which is called EVP, electronic voice phenomena, where right, basically right. we're asking questions and we have a digital recorder. And many times you don't hear a response, but during the playback is when you get a voice that wasn't there when you were Ooh. asking the questions, which is really cool. So, yeah. So I, I, I do want to say this, uh, I, I believe that this event is already closed. I, I made an announcement earlier in the week uh, that it was the last day to register. Um, you can check SouthamptonHistory.org and see if uh, you're able to find a spot. But this is going on this Saturday. So cool. I'm looking at the photo and what what a neat, I guess you wouldn't know, at least from the water, how big this thing is because it's it's uh, right. Right. right it's 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 like there's trees like grow and, and plants growing all over and around it but super cool I especially like the concrete foundation underneath that's like a, a dream to have uh, something so water uh, abutting that has such a, a great foundation I'm curious as far as EVPs are concerned. Uh, what what is your your big get? I mean, uh, you've been doing this, I imagine, many years. Maybe you can take us back to what got you into this in the first place. So, growing up as a kid, I was always fascinated, and interested in the paranormal. I I grew up with reading comprehension problems, so I would read a book or read a story, and I would have no clue what I just read. But when it came to stuff with paranormal, where it was ghosts, Bigfoot, or UFOs, I would read it and get it, and um, Wild. And then growing up on Long Island, you, you hear about all the urban legends and stuff. You know, when you're 18 years old, you get your license, you go out to Mary's grave, you do all that stuff. So we, Wait, um, no, we I don't know about, I don't know Mary's grave. You got to tell me. Really? Yes. Oh, Mary's grave is like a known spot. It's Well, so Mary's grave is a spot where it's in multiple towns. So some people claim it's in Smithtown, Head of the Harbor, Hop Hog. Huntington, I think there's one located in Nassau County in like the Bethpage area. And basically it's got 125 different storylines of what happened with this thing. But supposedly what happens is if you go to the gravesite, um, one of the main stories is you'll see like a name on it, Mary, you'll see a date. And then when you take photos of it, when you look at the photos later on, it's just a blank slate. There's nothing there. Um, there's a couple of stories where if you pull up the supposed Mary's house, this is located in Head of the Harbor. If you have two cars and what, you turn them off, when you turn them back on, one car won't start back up. It's your typical like I love it. Yeah, stories. We had the um, uh, Devil's, it's really Devil's Tower. I've never actually found the grave itself. Um, so it's you know we're still trying to do research and stuff, but I'm sure with 125 different stories. I'm sure one of them is probably correct. What's what's what interests you as far as like who Mary is? Which uh, one of these storylines interests you the most? Because you know you, you mentioned your your reading comprehension issues, but it, mm-hmm. what it sounds like more to me is someone with a high IQ that uh, you know knows you like what you like, and that's what you. Uh, you know, allow yourself to focus on and to to take in. Right. You know, that's like the uh, I was like that as a student. If I wasn't interested, I wouldn't get good grades. But if I was interested, exactly right. <clears throat> right. So, so uh, as I mean, I think the, go ahead. 
I uh, said, so like one of the main stories of Mary's grave was it's uh, this is the one that's located in Haddon Harbor. Um, the supposed Mary's house. What um, one of the stories was she used to her room was on I think it was like the second or third floor, and she had these like little candles that were in the window, and her boyfriend or husband, whatever it was, was in like the the Marines or Merchant Marines, Navy, whatever you want to call it, and she would leave the lights on. So when he came home, he would know which house it was. Oh. And then the, the house sat abandoned for a little bit. But if you drove past on certain nights, there'd be candles lit in the windows, which was pretty wild because nobody's in the house, you know, and I've actually witnessed it a couple times. And um, it's pretty wild. I did some research on the house. I think it's called the Weatherill Estate. Um, I think it was built in 1895. Um but yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty cool place. Um, it's I think up for sale right now. It's located in Head of the Harbor on Harbor Hill Road. I love it. You're you have such a thick Long Island accent, and I love it. Head of the Harbor. <laughs> All right. So so uh, you know we're we're over time now. So we're just gonna have to have you back one of these days. But we can't sure. thank you enough for joining us this morning, Mike Cardenudo of Long Island Paranormal Investigations. Have a great hunt this Saturday at the Port of Missing Men here in Southampton uh, and to Southampton uh, History Museum for always uh, putting putting together such cool and spooky programming, southamptonhistory.org, the place to find out more uh, information about this Saturday's Hunt, uh, where can people go to contact you if uh, they have some ghosts to talk to or contend with, Mike? They can go right on our website at www.liparanormalinvestigators.com. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Mike Cardenudo. Uh, this is Jacob Tilburg. I don't know if I played the head in the heart yet. Uh, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI. WFM, the heart of the East End's Ghost Edition. Do you remember the day in October? The leaves were falling just like me when it was over. Day of sorrow and I'll struggle to stay sober Hope to see you later when I get older I still remember the smell of your perfume It hasn't left me since the day you made me blue I think I saw you but I know I'm not supposed to I must be dreaming cause I don't believe in ghosts Yeah Just don't steal from me, I'm not calling you.
In awe of the pipes, Florence and the Machine, live from London in 2010. Ghosts, we did hop over the head and the heart. Uh, Ghosts, so you can find it on the Ghost Edition playlist on WLIW.org slash radio, the heart of the East End program page, getting into the Ghost Town section of the playlist. And if you're looking for the local music, look no further. We've got John DeVello. Uh, Town of Ghosts from his Whiskey EP of 2020, uh, Benton Boone, Chloe George, the Rolling Stones, and the specials on deck, leading you in to the top of the hour. 
In the next NPR news break and local news update, I'm Gianna Volpe. This is John DeVello, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. 88.3 on your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. seen the rest of me Used to be the best of me Most have lost it along the way Like you seen my only one My pretty little only one If you see her, say hello Tell her I'm here Tell her I'm here In a town full of gold Have you seen it or is it me The leaves are falling from the tree The ice is freezing in the boat Have you seen my only one my pretty little only one She took the last train for the coast Tell her I'm here Tell her I'm here Tell her I'm here In a town full of gold Have you seen my only one, my pretty little only one? Took the last train for the cold. Have you seen my only one? She always was a loaded gun. If you see her, say hello. Tell her I'm here. Love yourself before I turn your heart into a ghost house. 
if it's the pianos or the shared track title, but I would love to hear Benson Boone, that artist you just heard, uh, collaborate with Chloe George, the one you're about to hear, uh, also had a single in 2021 called Ghost Town. Uh, It has voice memo in uh, parentheses. I still haven't found out whether or not this was recorded on voice memo. Uh, If so... Uh, color me mind blown. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Chloe George, the Stones and the Specials on deck. Uh, John Mellencamp, if we can fit him in, but I don't think so. We might come out of the NPR news break with ghost towns along the highway. Um, we'll see what happens <laughs> here on the heart of the East End on WLI WFM. Sounds like it could be a voice memo. Just takes you further from me 
Stones on WLI, WFM. I gotta say, I never mind if it's a ghost town uh, when it comes to driving to work, but I can't imagine this Saturday uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, have any such description ascribed to any place on the East End. It looks like all right. There's the the community spooky social and silent dance party at LTV Studios. On Saturday night, um, all day long is going to be the Wag Oween event uh, for the Shelter uh, Southampton Animal Shelter Foundation. We'll be talking with Nicole Alina. Of course, we just spoke with Mike Caputo. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Is it Cap- Caputo? I just had him on. Cardenudo. Good job, Jay. Mike Cardenudo, the Long Island um, Paranormal Investigators with the Gilded Age Ghost Hunt on Saturday night at the Port of Missing Men here in Southampton. Of course, it's also in downtown Riverhead going to be Halloween Fest, the uh, coffin races, trick-or-treating, goblin parade, live performances from 3 to 8 p.m. What am I missing? If you know something going on this weekend in the spooky section, and I haven't mentioned it just now, 631-591-591, 7006, leading you into the NPR news break with the specials. Uh, we'll bring you out with some local news update and the continuation of the ghost edition of the heart. Nicole Alina from the Southampton Animal Shelter Foundation joining us at the bottom of the next hour for a special segment underwritten by LTV Studios. We'll be talking Wagaween. I'm Jenna Volpe. These are the specials, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM. NPR Radio.
With Long Island Local News, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. A Southampton Town justice yesterday agreed to dismiss trespass charges against 14 East Hampton fishermen for driving in a protest on a contested Nappy Beach last year after a prosecutor said homeowners who lay claim to the beach declined to file charges. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the decision by Justice Gary Weber in the Hampton Bays court was viewed as a victory for the fishermen and, by association, all residents of East Hampton who would like to drive on the mile-long stretch of Napique, known as Truck Beach. But James Catterson, a lawyer for some of the homeowners, said in an interview with Newsday that the reading of the law is incorrect and the lower court can't undo higher court rulings. Amagansett property owners had sued the town and its trustees in 2009, claiming East Hampton had no right to allow the public to drive on the 4,000 linear foot beach. A state Supreme Court judge ruled in East Hampton's favor in 2016, but a panel of judges in the appellate division overturned that ruling in February. The Court of Appeals, the state's highest court, declined to hear hear the case last month. The case landed in Southampton Justice Court after two East Hampton judges recused themselves from the case for for unexplained reasons. In response to Tuesday's ruling, the East Hampton fishermen and their supporters plan to launch the Stuart B. Vorpal uh, Sunday afternoon Truck Beach Fishing Clinic on Truck Beach next spring and are encouraging all eligible town residents to attend for instruction. Meanwhile, in West Hampton Beach, school district residents are voting today to decide the fate of a $33 million bond for district-wide infrastructure upgrades, instructional up- updates, and health and safety improvements. Desiree Keegan reports on 27East.com that voting started at 7 a.m. and will continue until 9 o'clock tonight in the West Hampton Beach High School large group instruction room. Officials said the bond, which was unanimously approved by the Board of Education in August, would pay for renovations to the athletic complex as well as elementary and middle school roofs, window and HVAC replacements, among other things. Superintendent Dr. Carolyn Probst said there would be no tax increase if the plan is approved by voters, as the new bond would be replacing debt from a 2003 bond that is expiring. More information on the bond proposal can be found on the West Hampton Beach School District's website and via a voter guide mailed to residents. Once again, voting today for the West Hampton Beach School District $33 million infrastructure bond has begun and the polls in West Hampton Beach High School. Large group instruction room will remain open until 9 p.m. And finally, several Sag Harbor residents have made it clear in recent weeks that they are opposed to the Sag Harbor School District's plans to purchase land on Marsden Street to house an athletic complex. And in recent days, they've started to take action. Keelan Riley reports on 27East.com that last month, the district announced plans to buy four adjoining lots of the north side of Marsden Street across from the Pearson Middle High School with a combination of district capital reserve funds and money from the Southampton Town CPF with plans to build it into an athletic complex. The use of community preservation fund money means that the general public would be entitled to to use the complex whenever Pearson sporting events are not being held there, according to school officials. 
The district also hopes to buy one other lot for sale on the south side of Marston Street entirely with capital reserve funds. A vote for authorization to use the funds is scheduled for November 3, but residents who are opposed to the plan are trying to stop the vote. The group of opposed residents, most of whom live in the neighborhoods surrounding the school and the Marston Street area, have dubbed themselves citizens of Sag Harbor and say they are opposed to the the vote on November 3rd and the plans for the district to purchase and develop the property because they believe it will negatively impact their quality of life in several ways. Several of those residents expressed their opposition at the most recent BOE meeting this past Monday night. They called for the cancellation of the vote, arguing they would uh, they need more details about what the proposed athletic complex would include and what the environmental impacts would be to the area and more time to review that information before making an informed vote. Sag Harbor School Intendant uh, Jeff Nichols said after Monday night's meeting that the November 3 vote would not be postponed. Nichols also said after the meeting that he plans to send out a letter to the community before the end of this week addressing the vote and specifically uh, many of the complaints and issues that have been brought up by opposed residents. Reading the weather in Southampton, right here, in honor of our next guest, Nicole Alina of the Southampton Animal Shelter Foundation, joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk wag o during a special segment underwritten by LTV Studios. Looking like a sunny Wednesday with a high near 56 degrees, southwest wind, 13 to 17 miles per hour, mostly clear tonight with a low around 50, uh, excuse me, 44 degrees, west wind around 14 miles per hour. Right now it's 50 degrees and I am going to fly over John Mellencamp's ghost towns along the highway and our own Greg McMullen and Luke Schwartz ghost train to play uh, a ghost train track from a self-titled record of 2014 by North Country gentlemen, Gene Autry, um, Magnolia Electric Company, and Lord Huron on deck after that. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI, WFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 on in central and western Suffolk County, of course, streaming online to wherever you are, commercial-free on WLIW. Dot org slash radio, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station. Plain and true Saw something that few people do Lord God, I think I've seen enough Mm-mm. I had a vision true and plain That cracked, broken, rusty ghost train That once you're on, you can't get off Mm-mm. I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes I saw their eyes I saw their eyes I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes This train This train Old iron is bearing down like wind It's built by rune and run on sin It had no start, it had 
has no end Every face it looks the same No one can tell from where they came Nobody knows what's round the bend I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes Looking down from the train Through those busted window panes Calling out my name, boy, you're next This train This train This train ain't bound for glory And I don't wanna go, no, no, no Lord, have mercy, let that go It's rails to the weeds and the rust Tell me once again that old story Cure the pride and cure the flesh and cure the lust I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes, I saw their eyes Captured souls that test the ground across the line You're listening to WLIWFM, NPR Radio. An old 
cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. Up on a ridge he rested as he went along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw a plowing through the ragged skies and up a cloudy draw. A ghost heard in the sky Their brands were still on fire and their hoofs were made of steel Their horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel A bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky For he saw the riders coming hard and heard their mournful cry. Is gone, their eyes were bird, their shirts all soaked with sweat. They're riding hard to catch that herd, but they ain't caught them yet. They've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky, on horses snorting fire. As they ride on, hear them cry. Yippee-yay. As the riders loped on by him, he heard one call his name. If you want to save your soul from hell a riding on a range, then cowboy change your way today or with us you will ride, a trying to catch that devil's herd across these endless skies. Yippee-yay. Little Gene Autry on the Ghost Edition. And songs, Ohio, I've been riding with the ghost. One of my all time favorite tracks. While you was gone, you must have done a lot of favors. Right here on WLIWFM. You got a whole lot of things I don't think that you could ever have paid for. While you've been busy crying about my past mistakes I've been busy trying to make a change And now I made a change
The Magnolia Electric Company record of 2003 leading you into the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour on this Wednesday morning just after 1 a.m. if you're listening to the replay. And now it is time for a special segment underwritten by LTV Studios. We've got uh, the Southampton Animal Shelter Foundation's Nicole Alina on the line with us to talk Wago Wing. Good morning, Nicole. Welcome back to The Heart. Good morning. So first of all... Thanks, Gianna. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk to you. Right back at you. So I know, first of all, that you're checking out Canoe Place Inn, uh, the new place, yes. although although named after the uh, traditional Canoe Place uh, right on um, the bridge there. Uh, how is it? I haven't been. It is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, you have to check it out. They did such a wonderful renovation here. Um, just the attention to detail... Nothing was left uh, unthought of. You know, it's just really, really well done. Beautiful. Their food is great. You know, I'm lucky enough to be here today. They're hosting us for our manager's retreat um, for the Southampton Animal Shelter. Um, And I'm touring the place to see about maybe doing some fundraisers here for next year. But it's just a beautiful, beautiful community location right in the heart of Hampton Bays. So if you haven't done so, please check it out. So speaking of which, uh, congratulations are in order. Did you just get a promotion within the foundation? I did, yes. So I joined the foundation just about a year ago. I started as their director of marketing PR. I'm now heading up development for the shelter. I'm still overseeing the marketing and PR as well, but I am taking more of a development role. So thank you for mentioning that. Very. So we're excited. This Saturday is Wagoween. Uh, is it on the shelter uh, property? I saw Old Riverhead Road, and I know that's uh, where the... It the, is. So okay. yes, the shelter is located at 102 Old Riverhead Road West. We are um, right across from Red Creek Park. So right. if you drive in, you'll see the sign for Red Creek Park. Uh, the shelter, as you drive in, is on the left. Red Creek Park and all of their facilities is on the right. So we're right there um, in the middle of the park. And we know, you know, you, you'll probably see all the, the dogs and the munchkins dressed up because it looks like you've got a kids and dogs costume parade. Uh, 11 to 3, are those yeah. the hours this Saturday? Yeah, so we are going just all out everything Halloween. It is our Wagoween Spooktacular. So it's uh, family fun for kids, dogs, you know, bring everyone, bring your extended family. It is this Saturday, October 22nd from 11 to 3. So our doggy costume contest and parade will take place at 12 o'clock. And then we're going to have our kitty costume contest and parade will be at 2 p.m. Very cool. But all day, people could come in, uh, check out our Halloween photo booth, get photos of your dogs, your kids, with our uh, Halloween backdrop. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun Halloween stuff going on. Free event? Um, it is a free event to attend, but for the Halloween photo booth, uh, it starts at $10. Uh, to enter the costume contest and parade, it's $10 a donation, donation per to child the, or right. dog. Which is definitely... So you could come and... I'm sorry. I was just saying it, it's definitely worth it to, uh, if you can, spare some money for yes. an organization like yours that does so much good for uh, the four or less. Some some dogs and cats uh, may be missing a paw. Um, yep. Animals in need out there. 
Yeah, exactly. So this is one of our more important fundraisers. You know, we host a lot of fundraisers throughout the year. Um, but our Wagaween, you know, it's a it's a small donation, but if we can get the whole community out, we can really make a huge impact in the lives of the animals that we help. Last year, our Wagaween brought in over $4,000 in donations, so we're hoping, fingers crossed, to double that this year. Um, you know, we have just seen in the last week alone, we have had... 15 strays come in and only nine of them were reunited with their families. Um, So we're seeing a lot of strays. We're taking them in, you know, we take care of them. It costs us money, of course, to, you know, feed them and house them and take care of them. We do have vets on staff. Like you were saying, if somebody's, you know, needs medical assistance, we do have vets on staff, but all of this takes money and resources. So anyway, your listeners can help. And again, it's just a small you know, $10 donation if you want to enter the, the costume contest and have some fun. But that $10 is going to go towards, you know, helping those dogs and cats. And we have an abundance of bunnies right now that we're taking care of. You know, we need to buy them fresh fruits and vegetables. So every donation goes such a long way, and we really appreciate it. So we're just trying to really spread the word and get everybody down, um, donate a dollar, $10, $100, whatever you can. Do. And if you're not in a position to donate, um, share on social media. You could come down, volunteer your time. There's definitely other ways to help. Uh, do you, and of course, adopt. And you can adopt one yes, of our adorable adoptables. Adopt. Uh, but uh, I'm curious, do you also um, uh, accept foster situations? Uh, are, are you able to... Uh, um, expand the amount yes. of people in the area that foster animals and help you out in that way? Yes, that, that's also a huge, um, you know, relief for these animals while they're waiting for their forever home. But unfortunately, you know, the, the shelter is no home for them. We right. do everything in our power to make it a comfortable place, and they get so much love and attention while they're here, but it's not a home. Right. Um, so if anybody is in a position to foster, you know, please call us and learn more information because it, it really gives the animals a break from the shelter environment, um, you know, while they're looking for their forever home. So that's a, a great point. And you can call us. Our number is 631-728-PETS. That's 631-728-7387 if you want to learn more about fostering or check out the um, all the adorable adoptables that we have um, looking for their forever homes right now. We, ha- we do have puppies. We have kittens. We have bunnies. We have all breeds. Um, you, you know, know we see all types of, of sizes come through our doors. I'm wondering if this is the sad uh, reversal uh, post-pandemic of uh, the the demand for uh, animals uh, yeah. that we were worried would happen and, and seems sadly to be uh, coming true. I'm curious, did, and did the shelter um, end up uh, getting any of these uh, animals that were seized from Miller Place uh, yesterday afternoon? Yep, actually, so we, yeah, we got a call a couple of days ago about that before the story broke. So we have been working um, with officials to help assist with that. Unfortunately, we are not in a position because we are at capacity right, right. now, just with all of these strays coming in and, and owner surrenders. Um, so we are at capacity. There is, I believe it was um, around 120 bunnies just well, alone. Yes, in 120, that right. Just an awful, right. awful situation. So 
we were able to uh, reach out to some of our contacts. We have uh, such a huge support system in the sheltering world that um, we reached out as, you know, as far as Connecticut, um, you know, to, to help out, at least with the bunnies. But, um, right. yeah, we are definitely involved in, in doing everything that we can can. You for know, for folks can do who don't know. With that situation. Yeah, for folks who don't know, uh, this was yesterday, nearly 300 animals, uh, 118 rabbits, 150 birds, 15 cats, seven tortoises, and three snakes uh, were seized from a home in Miller Place. And we can't thank the Southampton Animal Shelter uh, and all of the other uh, organizations for what they do, as well as uh, the Suffolk uh, District Attorney's Beast Team, uh, the ASPCA, and the Town of Brookhaven for their help in uh, what was called Operation Open Cage there. Uh, we are super on a positive note, Nicole, we're really excited about Wagaween <laughs> this Saturday afternoon. Kids, animals, uh, you know, head out for this uh, awesome afternoon, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. right on Old Riverhead Road West in Hampton Bays. And a big thank you again to you, Nicole, and your whole team. I'm Gianna Volpe, hopping over uh, Lord Huron to play uh, Jim O'Rourke's Ghost Ship in a Storm. That was Nicole Alina. This was the very special Wagoween segment underwritten by LTV Studios. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
A nice two-decade jump forward in time from Jim O'Rourke's Ghost Ship in a Storm from the Late Night Tales record of 2002 to a single from Dawes' Ghost in the Machine here on the Ghost Edition of the Heart, the weekday morning and midnight show on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, the Heart of the East End on WLIWFM.
limitations I built up in my early years are under reconsideration Do the music of the spheres Which I cannot deny any longer Now, it's not every morning I play a 6-minute-and-20-second track for you here on The Heart, but when I do, it rocks. Dawes, Ghost in the Machine, a single of this year, as our uh, engineer, Brian Bannon, checks everything and knocks on wood that there is no Ghost in the Machine this morning. Uh, hopping Jackrabbit Jumping, rather, past Glenn Campbell, The Doors, and Wolf Parade, all artists I love and tracks I love, so you can find them on today's Ghost Edition playlist on WLIW.org slash radio. Going ahead to Sasha Sloan's Dancing with Your Ghost single, then um, a local track, Who Are Those Guys? Ghost of You from the TikTok record of 2010. We'll see what other ghost songs we have time for this morning. Sadly, we couldn't make it to all 50 songs that were originally on the playlist. I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Sasha Sloan. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Screaming at the world Baby, why'd you go away? I'm 
I'm still your girl Holding on too tight Head up in the clouds Heaven only knows where you are now How do I love, how do I love again? How do I trust, how do I trust again? Stay up all night Tell myself I'm alright Baby, you're just harder To see than most I put the record on Wait till I hear our song Every night I'm dancing With your Figured the last 10 minutes of the playlist to include only local bands. This next one is the only one that's not local. Early James Gone is a Ghost from the Singing for My Supper record of 2020. Who are those guys? Robert Bruey and Julia King, featuring William Roslack, Mick Hargraves, and Kevin Ferran, leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour here on WLIWFM. Keep playing. 
looking back on that folding chair the throne that you sat on tell you the truth it's time that you get gone wasting your youth till your name's on a gravestone you'll be cold as a ghost all the songs that you used to sing If you heart who are those guys, you will love this Friday's edition of The Heart. When Jim Gorman and Marty Attridge join me here in the WLIWFM Studio 51. Friday morning.
met you on a steep hill you were climbing And I couldn't see it then, but you were trying You should have let me know so I could feel it All your pain and fear we could have lived in so tall you are not free and so I walk right past you in the daylight I want you by my side this is not right Cause your ghost kept me up last night 
Much more than your mouth could ever speak. 